0: Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Hey everybody,
1: welcome into the Hockey Show
0: Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm John, here with my old buddy who's getting ready in the coming weeks to make a very important life choice. Big old decision that he's going to remember for the rest of his life here coming up. Probably a big ceremony attached
1: to it. Nick. Nick. Are you gonna see Oppenheimer first or are you gonna see Barbie? Well, first? that is uh that actually falls on the honeymoon vacation that uh we're going on because we go the nineteenth to like the twenty-sixth or whatever. So a Wednesday to a Wednesday we're gone. Uh and that weekend obviously is the big one, and we have been scouting out movie theaters in the Cape Cod area to go see Barbie. You just why do I disappoint you? The really Barbie movie looks so <laughs> So fun, so entertaining, and Oppenheimer just looks depressing with the world that we're in right now.
0: You are jumping out of your seat at the opportunity to see a movie about a man that dedicates his life to something and only comes to severely regret it. Um, Spoiler alert. Um,
1: yeah, thanks for spoiling it. I thought that he would live a, a long, happy life knowing the power that he brought onto the the world. Uh, and and the arms race that would then begin not long after all of that between two superpowers that still uh, plays out today yeah 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 I have no desire to go see Oppenheimer first especially on my honeymoon I only have eyes for no 10. desire
0: whatsoever what no desire
1: whatsoever well I, okay I, no I no no I, okay
0: for fun but like you don't want to see it at okay all. you're
1: you're taking the the words very literal no desire to go right away to go see it i do want to see it and i want to see it in theaters it's just a, a, not on yeah the, between the it. two even if it wasn't the honeymoon between the two barbie was always going to be the first viewing
0: I, I'm gonna see if I can squeeze them both into the same.
1: I way. would if I would if I was to do them in the same day. I would do Oppenheimer first and then go see Barbie because one is gonna be so heavy and the other one is gonna be so goofy and light. Although I don't know everything that I've been hearing about everybody that read the script of the Barbie film and like the way that they sell it, this Barbie movie could end up being pretty heavy as well.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if Mattel is you know, licensing out just a nice feel good story that makes everyone feel good about their product? Or is it going to be a gritty story of capitalism gone wrong and finding out that what matters isn't what's on the outside, but what's on the
1: inside? I did see a few articles of like, they got very little pushback on the film, but it appears that they are addressing like the, some of the issues of the questions that we all have raised about Barbie over the years and the imaging stuff. And like Margot Robbie said, like if we don't say it, somebody else is gonna. So we might as well be the ones that say it. So I'm curious on that because I'm like, okay. And also, and then we'll get into hockey because we have a lot of hockey talk to get to, uh, since the last time I had to put a disclaimer on the previous episode because so much happened and so much more has happened since then. (laughs) But, um, uh, where I was going with this, with, with the Barbie stuff, Mattel is also doing a Barney film uh, and Daniel Kalua, the guy from Get Out and Nope, uh, he's producing it. And apparently that is geared towards elder millennials and is going to be like an edgy, cynical, like how, male- how how the generation that grew up on Barney, what we were promised isn't what we got in the world. And I'm like, oh my God like i did i don't know if barney that is where i want my sounds mind. really good at yeah it. like i'm totally into that idea but it blows my mind that barney's gonna set off my midlife crisis, crises like
0: <laughs> I, I i mean it makes sense that they would do that with the film just with the idea that you know barbie obviously is a toy that spans multiple generations barney kind of came and went and had his run so you're Already narrowed in on a very specific target. And Barney's. Is. So you might as well lean
1: in. Barney was around for a long time. Uh, surprisingly, I, I only learned that because there's a great documentary on Peacock called I Love You, You Hate Me. It's like a two parter, <laughs> but it's all about the rise and fall of Barney and specifically the Leech family, the woman who created Barney, and the rise and fall of like what happened with her family and then what eventually happened for her son, which is who she created Barney for to begin with and how it became like a weird, like Barney was her son as well. And this kid was always competing with Barney and just like, dude, it is a wild documentary and it's on, it's on the cock. So go ahead and stream it on the cock. If you got the cock, Uh, I have the cock because that's where I get my WWE. I get a lot of WWE on the cock.
0: I I always said growing up I wasn't allowed to watch that's so weird not because not because my parents didn't think it was appropriate or something they just thought it was annoying but what I was allowed to watch growing up
1: the NHL there we draft. go. Look at you segueing it into the first thing we're going to talk about, which, yeah, the NHL draft, it happened two nights after we recorded. We dropped the episode on Bedard Day. We theorized what was going to happen, and honestly, there was not a lot of excitement, despite the fact that when it started off, right away, we were like, okay, we know Bedard goes first. Then Tilly's going to go second. Carlson's going to go third. But no, 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 the Ducks come in. And they pick Leo Carlson at number two. Fantilli goes third to Columbus. And then it just kind of remained everything you'd expect from that point on.
0: Yeah, the first draft in years that nobody traded up or traded out of the first round or anything like that. I, I think everyone was kind of surprised by that. We were all just kind of waiting for that to happen, and it never really did. Uh, I, As we talked about last week, I was almost anticipating Mitch Goff going somewhere really up towards the top. Uh, a lot of people mentioning Leo Carlson just uh, pointed out that he kind of plays with a bit of an edge Mm. and that uh, that's kind of similar to how Pat Verbeek played in his playing days. So maybe we shouldn't be all that surprised to see him uh, go go to Anaheim like that, but uh, certainly not going to complain about the chance to see Adam Fantilli up close and personal all the time. Here in Columbus, I, my one Michigan buddy, uh, we keep talking about going up to see a college hockey game at the Yost Arena there. And we kind of said, well, well, why are we going to bother to go yeah. to Yost if Yost is just going to keep coming to Can't us? Yeah, uh, what?
1: Columbus got four <laughs> players from there five, five, uh, five, five. five now, five. Yeah. That's pretty. Uh, 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 how, uh, how? Yeah. By the way, how is the pulse in Columbus with all of that? I was very curious um, how people were going to feel with those picks.
0: Well, I. It's hard to say because I don't like to talk to Blue Jackets fans that much. <laughs> uh, but uh, re- realistically, I think they, the I think these guys could have played for. ISIS. Oh my that, gosh! You know, as long as they're going to make their team better, Columbus fans aren't going to care all that
1: right, much. All right,
0: all uh, right. Which, which you know they're going to kind of have to lean into that sort of identity with Mike Babcock as their coach now. Yeah,
1: that officially. is that but, is official now. Yeah,
0: it, it's uh, it, it it remains to be seen kind of how well that comes together. But I, I I think for some of the more marginal players they may not like it as much. But for someone like Adam Fantilli, I don't think they're
1: really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, Fantilli is is good. I like the pick for Columbus actually. Uh I mean Leo it, it's a it, nobody lost on that. Uh the one other thing that did stick out to me in the first round is I called it the Flyers did what I said that they needed to do and that was just take Mitch Koff when he's there and not let him go to the Capitals, which I like the pick. I mean, you can't not like the pick. We talked extensively about how good of a player he's he's on track to when you look at what he did this past season in the amount of games uh, he was better than Ovechkin. He put up better numbers than Ovi at that age. Like, so it's like, okay, there's, if that's who you're being compared to, and that's where your numbers are, that's a really great pick, good pick. But what I like about it as well, uh, you're not going to like this as a Flyers fan, but what I like about it is it actually shows a change in the mindset in Philly because 100% if they did not pick him, and they waited and they took uh, Ryan uh, Leonard, who ended up going to the Capitals. Yeah. If they took, I wouldn't have been surprised because that's the typical two way, grinded out player that the Flyers organization has a heart on for because that's what won us a cup in the 70s. Great. It's the 70s, bro. Like, change your mindset. And to go for an offensive player like this, who's not really size and not really grit. And also not going to be here for like three to four years shows that you're committed to a rebuild shows that you're, and we are also sorry in the fact that they just handed Kevin Hayes to the St. Louis blues. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, like I, I, I'm of a couple thoughts about how that happened with Philly uh, one. Yeah. Like Mitch it, it sounds like they really did their homework and you know, they had a chance <laughs> to have him see their practice facility and uh, he, he, he almost kind of felt a little bad for Arizona, drafting two Russians, and neither one of them were yeah. Mitch Huff. Uh But it, it seems as though he made it known he wasn't really interested in coming over to play for them, which I, I can't really blame him for that. It, it, to, if he's not crazy about the idea of you know, going to play in a smaller arena and stuff like that uh but for the flyers specifically you're totally right normally you would expect them to just kind of retool something and now they're almost getting rid of players for the sake of getting rid of them uh and, and to pick a player like Mitchkov that you have at least two years before he can come over i would think maybe you can finagle it to be one more year uh I looked at what they've done to the roster. I said, well, who is this guy going to play with? But they've got time to put that together. And I think it's really going to give the Flyers a chance to really bottom out, get a whole bunch of play- of younger players together, and they can go s- sort out uh, veterans for them to play with in a year or two. So I, I, if Danny Briere is doing what I think he's going to do, then they're really going in a bold new direction and somehow their entire fan base isn't revolting like they always thought they would if they started to do a rebound. Yeah,
1: I I mean, the Flyers fans fans are smart, I get though, but it's always been a win now mindset in that organization that I get why you'd be worried because you've conditioned your fans to always believe that no matter what, we're just going to go out and do what we can to try and make the playoffs and win this year but i think the fans i think the fans have been wiser than ownership there and management of they saw the writing on the wall a few years back and have kind of been waiting for this and are happy that somebody's following through but i i really like the pick uh you know for the flyers that's a really good pick now fingers crossed he does sign and come and plays for you but i think what the flyers are starting to build there is is nice, but I I do think they got fleeced completely on the Kevin Hayes trade because, and this was a theme we saw a lot of with free agency and all the trades and stuff. A lot of teams willing to eat salary to free up salary right away as well. Yeah, and and, and they sort of got caught with their pants down Mm.
0: on that. If you said it was Kevin Hayes, and uh, Travis Sanheim for Tory Krug in a first, that sounds a whole lot better than just Kevin Hayes for a fraction Yeah, at that. 50% retained well,
1: for the next three years.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, but but Tory Krug didn't want to waive his no trade to go there. And with John Tortorella as the coach, that's something you're going to end up seeing from time to time. And frankly, I don't think a whole lot of people blame him for that. So you're going when you're have a situation like that, you almost kind of have to move Kevin Hayes and the number of places you can send him is going to be limited. So I know like Columbus was a rumored spot for Kevin Hayes for a little bit, but now with the way that's kind of played out, they had, they still had to move him after news of that got out. So yeah, you moved him for just a fifth, but this is, more of a tanking move than anything, I think. Uh,
1: right? it was actually a six, uh, oh, and they six. retained 50 well, percent of 7.14 million over the next three seasons. I mean, again, uh, it's not the only one we saw do that. Uh, we also saw Nashville make uh, the Ryan Johansson trade, 50 percent of his eight million was retained, and they got, but but their deal comes up looking a little bit better because they got the or at least, it, you know, at the moment it did, uh, The Gal, uh, they got Alex uh, Galchenyuk's uh, rights, and the Preds were able to free up, you know, a lot of cap space. So we were seeing, you know, like, that's kind of the way teams seem to be maneuvering this dead cap, as we also learned heading into free agency, the not-so-big secret, the cap didn't budge going into the offseason. Uh, but yeah. is expected to boom next year, which I think played, uh, plays a lot into a lot of the free agency signings we're going to be talking about and everything that's happening there in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I I just, I don't know. It's definitely, it's weird. Uh, to wrap up my thoughts on the Kevin Hayes move, it's weird to me because while it did get out that they were looking to move him, I think it was no secret that they were looking to move him. But did you need to make this trade now? Like, did things get so bad between him and John Tortorella and the whole situation there that they needed to move him and that is the best deal they could do. They couldn't wait to the deadline. If you're going to retain 50%, you couldn't wait to the deadline to get more teams involved into this. You couldn't wait for maybe a bounce-back season from him this year and maybe try and get more next offseason with only two years retaining that 50%. You know, like, I I just – I like, was – did – why did this move really 100% need to happen like it's no secret that they're looking to move guys so I don't think I don't think it's really like oh ooh, sorry Kevin Hayes the trade fell through cuz Tory Crew doesn't want to come here like
0: I think yeah, Hayes knows I mean, the were-
1: writings on the wall
0: yeah, especially if you were going to retain salary for him like that. But when you mentioned having a bounce-back season, like he, he was their all-star representative. He was the best player on that yeah, team. Yeah, he doesn't need to be There's a bounce-back. Not back. much for him to
1: bounce-back yeah. to. Uh, so, yeah. Bounce-back to not getting cut out of the lineup and scratched for a week because okay. John Tortorella got mad at him for not blocking a shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's playing the wrong way. Yeah. Uh Yeah, St. Louis looks a whole lot better with him in the lineup there. I think that's going to really go a long way to help them. Uh, but I think this is, I, I almost wonder if Danny Breyer is just buying time right now. He knows he's not going to keep John Tortorella. So he's going to kind of let everything implode to kind of build this team up the way he wants to do it. And he knows that having a coach like Tortorella hurts his, you know, prospects for free agents and everything like that. So he's going to, you know, keep an eye out on where he can move Travis Konechny, where he can move Travis Sanheim, all the players like that. Uh, We're we're still waiting to see if something's going to happen with Carter Hart. Uh, Obviously significantly more difficult to move goalies than it is forwards or defensemen, but it's, I think it's just going to be fascinating to kind of watch what he does with this team and what the reactions will be like when he
1: does. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm curious to see where the flyers go. I am Uh, the Hayes trade, not a win, but everything else that they've done so far, I've been a fan of, I've really liked it. And to me, it's encouraging, but you're right. Tortorella is, he's on borrowed time. He's not going to be there when this team starts to, fully take the next steps he's he's got maybe this year left how I, how, I, how long does he have on his uh contract actually is... i'm not sure i actually feel like, uh, he, got a, actually feel like he got a ridiculous i feel like he got like a lou lamorello gave him a deal type of contract um so he might be there for like another four years because i think that plays into
0: he has three okay. more
1: yeah yeah because he got some ridiculous like six-year deal or something like that
0: yeah, but like, but like we talked about a little bit for him, it, if you you're the general manager, you can you know play that uh, card of well, I haven't had a chance to hire my coach yeah. yet, so letting him kind of steer things into the ground here is almost kind of a a, a good way to kind of deflect the responsibility.
1: Now, there. I will. This is the last thing I'm just going to throw out. But couldn't that backfire with Tortorella? Because Tortorella has also been known as a guy to get absolutely every point that he possibly can out of whatever team he's coaching. So if you just keep racking up those overtime points or stealing a a win here and there against the division rivals, like, oh God, like all of a sudden you could go from a a situation again of like, oh, we could be the running for the number one overall pick to, crap, we're going to end up somewhere like, Around ten again. Well, it,
0: you you don't want the culture to completely erode, yeah. So, with your your young guys like Cam York is someone I'm especially interested in watching this year to kind of see how he reacts to everything and how he develops. Uh, but you you'll have a chance to really kind of watch how the team reacts to everything around it because I, I I don't think anyone on that roster. Yeah, it has any delusions about what what the next year is going to be like. It's going to be it's going to be things- it's going to
1: be rough, and there and yeah. and Kevin Hayes is, is you already said it. Kevin Hayes isn't the only one that's going to be out of town by by the deadline or by the start of next year. That's on an extended contract. Uh, yeah, it,
0: it, it's 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 going to be a really. Big slog for that team. For that team going forward, they're they're going to need something to give them a bit of a pick me up to give them a little bit of energy. Yeah,
1: and uh, speaking of energy, uh, since we are part of the Throw Me Podcast Network, uh, we are proud to be repped by Raise Energy, uh, and you could actually go to rep with two p sports.com uh, and pick up some Raise Energy. We got a cool fifteen percent off promo code for you at checkout. Uh, Just use Thrill Me, one word, at checkout. That gets you 15% off. And the thing with raised energy, zero calories, zero carbs, increasing your performance as well, gives you that energy with no crash. That's one of my favorite things, the no crash. Uh, Hydrates you as well. That's another issue with all these other energy drinks. They give you the energy, but they also are packed with so much sugar and all that crap that... They don't hydrate you, but Ray's Energy does. You can try the flavors like Baja Lime, Voodoo, Galaxy Blast, and Sour Gummy. Again, just go to the website, rep Sports. that's repwith2peas.com, and type in "Thrill Me" one word, at checkout, 15% off your purchase, baby. All right. We're, We're a great team. team. There we go. Now that we did that, <laughs> um, let's try our best to get into free agency, get into the trades, get into the craziness, the frenzy that became July 1st, the day that we were all told we can only see so many tweets before Elon Musk would stop letting us see tweets. Um, how many tweets did you see on that day uh, before you couldn't um, keep up free agency? I, I... <laughs>
0: I, I got real, real frustrated. Uh, shout out to Steve Dangle for pointing out to everyone that you can just see the signings as they happen over on
1: Cap yeah, Friendly. That saved the day. Uh, that made my life
0: significantly easier. There. That
1: did save the day. Uh, all right, I really don't even know where to begin with free agency. Uh, maybe, maybe like I guess our winners, and and to me, I think one of the big winners of free agency so far, and heading into next season is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, my God, man! Once they signed Tyler Tyler Bertuzzi to that 5.5 million one-year deal, uh, my mouth kind of dropped. Especially coming off of the Klingberg <laughs> signing that they announced prior.
0: Yeah, the, the I, I think we're gonna see we've we're gonna see a lot of this this year where players know the cap is going to mm-hmm. go up. They don't want to get locked into a longer-term deal where they are being quite paid what they're worth. So we're going to see a lot of players just kind of betting on themselves this year. And Tyler Bertuzzi is a perfect example of that. Max Domi is another really good example of that. Uh, As much as as I hate to admit it, uh, Brad Tree living his first uh, go at this, uh, team's kind of looking better than it did under – under Kyle Dubas there for, a
1: uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Dubas laid the groundwork, but these are the moves that I think we never saw Kyle Dubas actually make. And these are like some really smart moves Bertuzzi, Top six scorer. He's going to be an upgrade with, uh, with bunting now out of there. So like, that's an upgrade to me. That's a
0: a, huge and, upgrade.
1: um, oh what God. we saw Bertuzzi do as well. Once he got with the Bruins, uh, I Yeah, this is a guy that can play playoff hockey. This is a guy that crashes the net. He re, he's reunited with Dylan Larkin, but he's probably, I would assume he's going to be playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And just think about that guy that's going to crash the net with those two. Yeah,
0: the, he is going to fill in the same role uh, that Michael Bunting had. It's going to be the same role that you saw uh, Zach Hyman had before him. Uh, this is a guy that will be able to slot into the lineup will be able to get under people's skin uh provided he can stay healthy this yeah. year uh which that was a big thing that happened that really kind of limited his value last year is that he broke his hand not once but twice uh blocking shots so you're 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 curious to see if any of that changes maybe that was just bad luck maybe it was his particular playing style is always going to kind of lend itself to that. Uh, I was very surprised to see Matt, Max Domi and Ryan Reeves both get signed there in the sense that you wonder about uh, kind of, are, are, are they both going to fulfill kind of the same role? I wonder uh, And Ryan Reeves to his credit, you know, he had 15 points last year. He has, no delusions about what his role is going to be like mm-hmm. on this team. When they asked him what his expectations were, he said probably play about eight minutes. Yeah. A night.
1: He knows, he knows he's a fourth line player, but Hey, he's a fourth line player making more money than some future hall of famers are making heading into next year. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's maybe one of the, there's maybe two contracts that were handed out by the Maple leaves that I'm kind of side eyeing going, why? Uh, And while I like the Ryan Reeves signing, because I like Ryan Reeves as a player and what he brings to teams in the bottom six and the fourth line. And, you know, you can plug him in and out of the lineup over $1 million for him is way too much. And the Klinberg signing is just way too much as well for him. Well, well, yeah, the, the Klinberg signing is a lot, but you
0: know, he's going to take Justin Holt's role, probably play on, the bottom pairing and the, and the, the big difference between those two is that the Klingberg deal will be for one year. So you can bury him. You can trade him. You can do a whole lot of stuff with him. If it's just a disaster, yeah. uh, Ryan Reeves has a three year deal <laughs> with Toronto, which I will never disparage him for. Uh, but the, it, from what I was reading, it looks like Minnesota w- was willing to give him two years so he had kind of a position of strength there to be able to kind of say, "Look, I want to come play for you guys, but if you're just going to give me two years, I might as well stay where I'm not at and not move my family. Yeah, you give me three years, I'm yeah, in. Yeah,
1: and and you uh-huh. could always just trade him out after the second. True, uh, but that I was obviously
0: because like so much of the hockey media just revolves around everything Toronto. I had a really good chance to kind of listen to what a lot of these guys were talking about. And uh, the, like the thing that I always loved about Ryan Reeves is, has never been his on ice play. If, even though, you know, there's been some pretty terrifying moments of watching him, you know, punch Marcus Foligno or, you know, any, anyone that harms Tom Wilson's good in my book. Uh, but for from what I specifically heard him talk about, he is he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm very much a you know playing the team dinners kind of guy, and you know if you don't want to go to it, oh, too bad. I'm making sure you know the whole team's coming mm-hmm. there too." And then I listened to Max Domi uh, talking, and he very much talked about you know the best teams I'm on Mon weren't clickish; everybody hung out with everybody, and all this sort of stuff. And so you, I don't think it's a coincidence that both of them talk about that combined with the fact that ryan o'reilly apparently the leafs tried to retain him and he just didn't have a ton of interest Mm -hmm. in staying sticking around i wonder how much they think that the biggest thing plaguing toronto is just locker room stuff right because obviously on paper they've been an elite team every year so i wonder how much of it is that you know Having experience in the room, good locker room guys that new management thinks is the big issue in Toronto, which granted, I don't know if bringing in a couple of party planners is the solution to that, but I I, I <sighs> feel like a lot of people, myself included, are going to have a lot of egg on their face if Toronto's super successful the first year that... The traditional hockey minds like brad tree living are taking over
1: uh, uh you're not wrong in the sense that I, I can attest to ryan reeves is a good locker room guy uh i didn't know that if domi was or not but i know ryan reeves is a good locker room guy because there was a lot of the uh certain bloggers of a certain fan base after he was traded away last season uh like to keep certain tabs on certain things and felt that his move, uh, hurt certain locker room feelings. Uh, but yeah, he seems to be liked everywhere he's at. Uh, I do know somebody that works in the media out of Vegas and radio, and she got to talk with Revo a lot and just had nothing, but like the best things to say about him as like just an off ice person. So yeah, I could see him being kind of that boost to the locker room that you would want. Uh, I like the Max Domi deal though—three million for one year. He brings the energy as well. He had a great playoff run uh, after, you know, like what he bet on himself in Chicago and then proved in Dallas that he could keep it going. So
0: now, have you heard about his father and what he did
1: in? Oh oh. Um, no, what did God, what, I, what did his dad I, I, do? Who's his dad? He his dad played. <laughs> he's a nepo baby. He's a nepo hockey baby, Max Domi. I had no idea. Did his dad happen uh, to be drafted you know, by the uh, New York Rangers? Yeah, <laughs> I am. Yeah, I am already sick of hearing. Yeah, this. the minute I mean, he signed, it, I actually did a double take. I was like, Ty Domi? Oh no, Max. All right. <laughs>
0: yeah i'm i'm already tired of hearing about the uh connection to his dad playing there and like even like very normally reasonably sounding people are just like he has the bloodline of toronto it's like okay settle down that's a thing now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, the 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 maple leaf midichlorians pulsing through uh max Domi's exactly he's
1: he's yeah he's definitely 100 percent their yoda
0: but yeah, I'm I, the, the thing you have to do, you have to kind of continue to keep an eye on the Maple Leafs right now because they are 8.8 million over the cap. Uh, I do not think they are trying to go into uh, next year with Matt Murray as their starting goaltender. They have to feel, figure out what they want to do with Ilya Samsonov. The issue there, of course, being uh, if, if they're going to keep him, they got to move somebody else, whether that's buying somebody out or whether that's making a trade for him. Uh, the big—you've heard a lot of stuff about the negotiations with William Vander yeah. going into next year being really difficult. Uh, he apparently wants the, in the ten million dollar range. I read somewhere, which hey, like,
1: well, his yeah, counterpart, you, you start, his uh, counterpart on his own team is making that. Year. Well, well, you start high
0: yeah. in any negotiation,
1: and you guys and then they come in yeah. low, and you try you to gradually yeah, work towards. You try to meet I mean, towards the middle. That's the or you game. get traded to the uh, New York uh, Islanders, which is where I think he could go. He
0: he does have a ten-team no-trade uh, list. I think it'd be really funny if he ended up in Pittsburgh and followed uh, <laughs> followed Kyle Dubis there. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like when a GM goes to a different team, that his former team really doesn't like trading with him, just generally speaking just but just because he probably has a leg up when it comes to knowledge of the players he knows both sides really well then the former team only knows one side so you probably don't like dealing from a disadvantage like that i kind of get that um but yeah, if you if you traded him, it would only save you $7 million. So if you sent Nylander out of town today, you wouldn't save enough to be under the cap. Yeah. Which, you know, isn't the end of the world. You can be 10% over the cap in the offseason. Uh, but yeah, they, they've, they've got to figure out something for him. Yeah. And in and, and between... Him and Matthews, you would think they would be inclined to keeping Matthews. And Matthews is probably gonna want 14 and a half uh, going into next year. So I would not be surprised to see him totally max everything out. But they're a team to keep they, an eye
1: Yeah, on. you bring up an interesting you bring up a great point with that. They are de- they like they are a team that's desperate for the cap to go up like desperate for the cap to go up because they have everybody's coming up on contracts. Like, you know, Marner's making about 10 million and Nylander is going to want to make the same because he puts up similar numbers, if not better numbers than Mitch Marner. And he's kind of a better player, which, you know, not to disparage yeah, right. Mitch Marner, but that's kind of the issue that the Maple Leafs find themselves in right now is that they've got three superstars that they got to figure out how to pay. And you, you, uh, you're, you're either going to end up becoming the Pittsburgh penguins of your division where you're going to be, you're going to be great. You're going to be a contender with all three of them, but you're going to have to keep plugging and eventually when they age into that age of certain contract years and you're locked into 14 million for Austin Matthews, 11 million for Nylander, 10 million for Mitch Marner and they're like 35, 36. Well, I, it when
0: it comes to getting value out of that, like I don't think there's anything wrong with paying Austin Matthews fourteen and a half million, provided he continues to give value there. And when it comes to not getting value for their contracts, I don't think it's Matthews and Marner that's hurting them right now. I think it's the John Tavares. Team. Uh, yeah,
1: well, that's. A good point as well. And what he has a modified no trade clause, right? Or is it a full no trade clause? Uh,
0: I, I think he has full uh, no Yeah, move.
1: and so you uh, might have to buy him Which, out. granted,
0: he only has two years left, is the thing. So if you really wanted to, you maybe could buy him out of that last year. And then that would give you whatever savings you needed to keep uh, To keep Matthews around. And it gives you a chance to figure out something to do with Nylander, yeah, too. but yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 the Tavares deal is, uh, you know, they're they're in a very uh, tricky cap situation with some guys that are going to need very, very big contracts. Uh, We've talked about uh, former Maple Leafs GM Kyle Dubas a lot, so let's just jump into the Penguins. And uh, they got Riley Smith from the Golden Knights for a 2024 third-round pick. Which is
0: awesome for them. Yeah. Uh, that's a guy that can score for, 25
1: for... goals every season on command. Uh, he is making $5 million, though, for the next two seasons, and he is 32. I I,
0: I don't think that's a huge concern for this roster. Uh, it kind of brutal the way it has to happen with that. It, it reminds me of when Tampa won that cup and then immediately traded Ryan McDonough to Nashville. Yeah. Just... Just the idea, hey, man, thanks a lot, but uh, you have to go, and you actually have to go right now. Hey, did you Uh, get your
1: day with the cup? Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Bye.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, you're going to get your day with it in a different city.
1: How's Uh, celebrating in Pittsburgh sound?
0: (laughs) Yeah, as far as, obviously, no one in Pittsburgh is going to buy into a full rebuild until Crosby and Malkin hang them up. Uh, and probably Latang along with them. So you got to do pretty much whatever you can to keep things mm-hmm. going until they get to that point. And when I look over I see they add Riley Smith, it's like, okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that would definitely help with that situation. Uh, now, whether or not that's going to be enough to make them genuinely competitive, uh, I don't know that I'd go that far with it. Uh, you know, they extended Tristan Jari. Uh, oh. They signed. Oh. <laughs> it, well, they went and got him some help, in, which they got the two uh, backup goalies out of Detroit, which, you know, anytime you can grab a goalie that Detroit doesn't want anything to, else to do with, you gotta jump on that opportunity. Of course. Right? Uh, Alex Nadelkovich and uh, Mangus Helberg are going to be joining Casey DeSmith back there. So, man, I don't know what, what it, there probably just isn't that much else available for them in their defense. <laughs> and, you know, they made some other uh good moves with Lars Eller, no, no, Akari, Ryan Graves. There's, there's a lot of like bits to move around here, but I just didn't feel like it it feels like these are the type of moves you make to a team that maybe got to the conference final and Hey, we need to just run this back sort of thing you know whereas uh what what Pittsburgh really maybe needs to be a genuine cup contender is just a massive overhaul but hey it, it, if you watch Florida there's no doubt people will take that lesson from yeah. that of all you got to do is get in yeah so that's that's where we're going to be with these guys yeah. uh i i have 3 big questions going into Pittsburgh for the rest of the summer is one Who's going to be the general manager? Because Kyle Dubas is president of hockey operations. He's hired assistants to the general manager. He's made it clear he's not going to be, you know, full on general manager. Uh, but I just don't know a ton about, I know way more about coaching candidates than I do about general manager candidates. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, plot twist, it's Lou Lamorello. Uh, their their name has been tied to the Eric Carlson uh, contract a lot here, as in they're trying to make moves for him. Uh, they're already one and a half million over the cap, so I don't know that there's that's going to be something really easy for them to pull off. Uh, and I, I, just, and at the same time, like I said, it's to what end? You know, are are you swapping out younger guys here just to get one more kick at a, at the can? That's not going to be a particularly good kick. And the other thing that I keep tying back to them, and maybe did this a little bit more before the Tris and Jari extension, uh, was John Gibson mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh originally has a lot of rumors out there about what he is or isn't happy with, what he is or isn't satisfied with. Is this somewhere we see him ending up? And if you want to jump to Anaheim on that note, we certainly can.
1: Yeah, we we, we can in uh, one second, because actually, I, I think Anaheim made a bad side, as well. Uh, just quickly on the Riley Smith trade, I, I want to point out that Vegas actually got a better return on him than they gave up. They got him for a fourth, and they traded him for a third. So congratulations, Vegas, on that move.
0: Excellent asset. Yeah,
1: which just continues to blow my mind that everybody is not following the Vegas way of doing things. Everybody's taking their lessons from, Hey, Florida went from being the president trophy winner to backing into the playoffs to getting into the cup final. Let's follow that model. Why are we not following the model of the team? That's like, Hey, thanks for winning the cup. Bye.
0: Like, yeah. It, watch what St. Louis did after winning the cup, you yeah. know, extending Jordan Bennington yeah. and, handing out a whole bunch of these deals and then compare it to Vegas. Vegas. And well, they
1: did re-sign Ivan Barbashev and Aiden Hill, but they took the $5 million that they freed up from Riley Smith and they just turned it into two players. Yeah, it
0: basically said, hey, we like these guys yeah. better. Let's go ahead and do this yeah, sort of
1: thing. Yeah, uh, and as far as Tristan Jari goes, like I know that that is essentially where the situation is with goalies and, and with free agent goalies where like Anderson was off the board. Every, everybody was pretty much off the board prior to that. Like us getting there that it was like, where's your upgrade? But the 5.375 million over five years. It's a lot. It's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah,
0: that's, I would not want to be over the cap because of that. That's the thing person. where
1: they are cap wise. I'm like, Oh God, that's why didn't you take the golden Knight approach to that and just let them walk and go sign a bunch of four goalies and just rotate them out. Yeah. <laughs> that's just one bag is the cup, <laughs> like, but whatever they made. The, yeah. They made and the and like trying five
0: seven isn't even that unreasonable for a goalie but it is unreasonable for that yeah
1: and and i know listen i saw the numbers i saw that he has put up some good numbers but he hasn't stayed healthy and his postseason numbers are absolutely atrocious when he has played to where it's just does he really give you the best chance to win because listen This division that the Penguins are in right now is locked up as a one, two. You have to assume Carolina and the devils. Yep. The Rangers believe that they are, should or should be the third team in that division. So you're competing with the Rangers and the Capitals and the Islanders who all want to be that third team. And as far as the last two spots, if you're not the third team, well don't lose to the freaking Chicago Blackhawks in the last game of the season. That's that simple. That too. That too. Uh, All right. Yeah, let's jump to the Ducks because you mentioned – because definitely now they'll be out on the idea of Gibson, but the Ducks do find themselves in a weird situation. Had a good draft, stocking up on all this young talent. I like that team out there. I like what they got. But they also went out and decided that, I guess, Stanley Cups at the age of 33 means you should get a four-year, $6.25 million deal, and Alex Killorn – Uh, is now going to the Ducks on maybe the worst contract. Mm. Well, okay, one of the worst contracts given out. We haven't gotten to one team yet from the island. So uh, (laughs) Alex Kilmer, one of the worst contracts given out. It's all season so far.
0: Uh, Hey, we clearly have seen the key to success in the postseason is having former Norfolk Admirals on your team. So when you have the chance to go out and get two, you get two. That's what they did with Killoran. That's what they did with yeah. Um It Now, they made moves that kind of got rid of Kevin Shattenkirk, got rid of Klingberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Killoran went to Harvard? I did not. That's pretty. That just popped oh, into God. my head. I don't know why. Uh, the big thing that you saw that's really circling them, as I kind of mm-hmm. already teased, is John Gibson. And he, uh, he had the chance of, well, I should say Frank Saravelli from TSN, uh, specifically said that he is quote, not playing another game for Anaheim and requested a trade. Uh, both John Gibson and John Gibson's agent came out and adamantly refuted this to which Frank Saravelli uh, kind of doubled down on it. So he seems pretty confident in that sort Hmm. of sense. Uh but you know, if, if, when word gets out, that players demanding a trade, I feel like it really impacts what you can get for them as yeah. well, because you want to deal them from the position of, Hey, I don't have to move this guy. You have to make it worth mm-hmm. my while. Uh, especially, and again, especially for goalies, there's only 32 starting jobs. So the market for that's going to be extremely limited. So I, I, I could see this being a situation where they came out and denied it, even though it's true. And I could also see them the, just like kind of the way they word it. It's like, our client has requested us to tell all you idiots that this is not the case. I could see that being the case. As well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that it is. I think he has a reasonable gripe to want out of Anaheim with what he's had to deal with. The last two, three years of a team that has really actively put a bad team in front of him. And, you know, we talked about it earlier in the season, back when we were an ESPN affiliate, uh, how he was put on the list of best goalies in the league right now. Uh, and we all kind of laughed because we were like, the dude has like a four, he's he's posting like a three ninety-nine goals against average and like an eight seventy-five save percentage. This is not an elite goalie, but you also have to remember he was playing for a team actively trying to lose and his numbers facing high scoring percentage shots were actually pretty good. So he was showing that he still had it. So yeah, I would be pissed if I I would want out, you know, it doesn't matter because what the ducks are still probably two years away from really, You know, that's when Fantilli will probably really come into his own. So they're like still two years away from really competing again. And if you're John Gibson, why do you want to be on that team? It's like being Connor Hellebuck. Why do you want to be on that team anymore? Like you've you've carried them so much and there's just been no care towards you because you're the goalie. (laughs) Like you go out there and you're the one facing the shots, but they don't give a crap that you're facing 50 plus shots a night for – Fifty-six games out of the year.
0: Yeah, and and at uh, his
1: point in his his career, he's twenty-nine years old. He's yeah. got to be thinking that he's starting to run out of time, right? Yeah, especially when you again, when you're facing fifty-five plus shots a night, and you shouldn't be. You're you're kind of doubling your time as well as a goalie. So he might be twenty-nine, but but the Ducks have aged him to like thirty-five.
0: Yeah, and and, and so you just you gotta wonder if there's. I mean, it's lazy to make the uh, comparison to Pittsburgh, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway, uh, since that's where he's from. I think that's where he ends up. But Christian
1: uh, uh, Jari for uh, yeah, uh, I, John I, I, I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't know how they make it work, or does he kind of say, "Well, Leo Carlson's here, uh, Craig Cronin, the new coach is here. Let me let's see what that's like first before we go and." Uh, explore something else
1: yeah that's the other thing is is maybe he has wanted to like did demand the trade but maybe some people are starting to talk to him behind the scenes of the hey write it out you know look and like they that like while we're all sitting here going oh four years 6.25 million for killer and like they're going see we're adding people we're we're you know like we're we're gonna try and be more competitive but it's the fake we're trying to be competitive
0: yeah, I, I mean, your 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 top line for them right now is probably and Henry, and Silverberg. Yeah. But but you got the Troy Terry, you got the Trevor Zegris, you got the Mason McTavish. All these younger pieces. Like I think down the road, eventually, Anaheim's going to be in a really good spot. I just am not certain Gibson is patient enough to hang out until then nor nor should he be necessarily if he's concerned about winning a cup in his career
1: yeah uh trying to see where we should go next because we covered the maple leaves we've covered the penguins we've covered the ducks now uh sh- you know ratko Gutis came from florida you want to jump to florida
0: i i don't have a ton of thoughts about florida but you Watching them, anything? they definitely seem like they... <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely seem like they took a step back. Uh, losing Gudis, uh, they also traded Anthony DeClaire. Uh They added Evan Rodriguez. They added uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, and they added for some god whatever reason they added Dmitry Kulikov, uh, whom they drafted, but also kind of I I don't totally get that move. Uh, beyond that it's just a lot of depth and a lot of ahl moves uh so there's not a ton of you know good stuff to report on the. oh oh and and mark stall oh yeah that's is right out Pittsburgh now uh so it's it's curious to kind of see where things are going to end up with for them uh i feel like you're almost kind of a little disappointed they didn't make a move to add somebody else in the sense that if this team was really going to build on that, you can't rely on just running it back again when you barely squeaked it. Yeah.
1: And everything that they've done indicates that it's, uh, oh, we think the team is still exactly, you know, we can lose this and add this and we're still going to be, Stanley Cup contenders. But it's not what you'd want to see from a team that was so close and backed in. You'd want them to kind of improve. You you wouldn't want to give up just give away Anthony Declaire which they essentially did. Uh, and you know, it's weird it's weird how it's weird how Anthony Declaire has turned into such a journeyman because he is a solid player for a team. It's not like he's not somebody that really like he doesn't push the needle like a Ryan O'Reilly type, but he helps whatever team he's on.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like if you have Anthony DeClaire on your second line, you're going to be in trouble. If you have Anthony DeClaire on your third line, that is an elite scoring yeah. option for you, especially Great in the playoffs. When that really starts yeah. to matter. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I keep looking it up and down it's like Barofsky is going to be a year older uh and the other thing that has me really concerned is that uh Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour are expected to be out until Christmas so that is going to be a team that is white knuckling it from the very beginning of the season and I just I don't know especially in that division I don't like their chances yeah
1: yeah uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if they, uh, swing a big trade or something like that. You know, you never know with them. They could just kind of come out of nowhere. They like, they, they tend to go to the trade market sometimes. Um, all right. Well, I, I, I mentioned Ryan O'Reilly. You want to jump to the predators here? Cause they yeah. did, uh, they did, uh, they got Ryan O'Reilly at a pretty good price. Uh, I actually really like this move. I like this move for the predator. I like what the predators did a lot. Uh, as well, even with the uh, the trade where they ate fifty percent to uh, just kind of get somebody off of their books, uh, get Johansson off their books. Uh, I like I like yeah. the O'Reilly it, move, and I like the Gustav uh, Nyquist signing as well. I think that's a nice little fit for them.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a two year deal for Nyquist, so it's not a huge commitment. I feel like that's a for a team that is as traditionally offensively starved as uh as nashville is i think that's definitely a decent move to make uh yeah i w- i was surprised they got ryan o'reilly for that little i think the fact that they were offering him four years probably made him a lot more comfortable with taking a little yeah. less um he ryan o'reilly is their highest paid forward right now and to me that is kind of mind-blowing yeah. uh, Actually, what am I talking about? Philip Forsberg's on this team. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but out, yeah, outside of that, there's not a whole lot of really high-paid forwards there. And I think that's kind of an interesting way to have this team put together. Uh, you still got Roman Yossi there. Uh, you have the shell of Ryan McDonald. Uh, you have a passes prime, Tyson Berry. So there there's there's a lot of question marks around them, but at the same time, you know, they add Luke Shen. They add, uh, you know, Cody Glass. They What's add the
1: Shen all... deal? Because I feel like when I saw that, I I, I did a little side-eye thinking that might be a little too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, three years, 2.75 mm, per season. Yeah. Again, I think they're handing out a little bit more term to keep the price down. Uh, but, yeah, they, there's... There's a lot to like about where the direction that they're headed. I think they're going to step forward a bit. Just I don't know that there, if there's a ton of young talent on this team to kind of take them to the next level. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think Barry Trotz has done more with less. Barry
1: Trotz has. And I think it's it's kind of – I think we should say it like players want to go play in Nashville they really do like it's it's they do not have a tough time attracting free agents uh attracting guys to come there uh and i like what they've done but yeah it will be an uphill battle but they as long as you have good goaltending which they have uh they were still in contention granted you know it would have been a long shot but they were still in the playoff race come the deadline and they were sellers yeah like they were like hey it's fine and then they stayed in the playoff race beyond selling because yeah. that's you know so yeah i like the moves they made uh and speaking of how players want to go play in nashville what are those players that did but no longer gets to play there uh now go into the dallas stars that's matt Duchesne. uh dude i i honestly this was a move like this is the type of move that i w- that you would if you're a panthers fan you'd want to see your team make because the stars are cup contenders and they went hey we're gonna re-sign of guinea dandanoff two years 2.25 not bad but we're also gonna add Matt shane at three million for one year this is a dude that uh again you brought it up a lot of these one-year deals with guys that are now going to go into a raise cap next year and sign a longer bigger deal but one year, three million going to the stars. Holy crap. You slide him next to Tyler Sagan and, and Marchment. Hmm. That's second yeah, line. That, <laughs> that, that,
0: that is, that is going to be really good for them. I, if I'm in their position, I'm a little concerned at who I've jettisoned and, and mostly how important those players were. Uh, Your Luke Glenn Denning, your Max Domi, your Will Butcher. Uh, but they are making moves there to really kind of fill out the rest of that roster. So it, a uh, going out and getting a Matt Duchesne granted, he's well past his prime at this point, but he was still good for almost 60 points.
1: Last yeah. Year. And, so, and, and, and he's no, he doesn't have to be the guy here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To, to which I think it was always the expectation for him in Ottawa, in Columbus, in Nashville. So having that uh, opportunity to kind of be there on the second line at this point in this career could
1: potentially work wonders for him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a move. I really like it, it is. Uh, it, it honestly was the first move that I wrote down when I was going through the free agency stuff, because just to me, that was, that move to me helped move the needle for the stars. I also like it as well because it buys them a year before they will replace him with cheaper prospects like Logan uh, Stankoven and allocate money to upgrade wow. other positions like on the blue line and stuff like that. Like like I think the Stars still need help on the blue line. They definitely need somebody for their top four defense. Where they're going to be able to find that is going to be, you know, that's the question. But if you can upgrade that, why not get one of the best center wingers out there because you could because again that's he gives you that option to slide him in at center or slide him in at the wing on that second line with Sagan and company
0: yeah and and, in like I said those those depth players are important but if you were if you were trading Glenn Denning and Domi for Matt Duchesne I'd say that is an absurdly big win for yeah so they they they'll probably need to add a couple other pieces just kind of fill out the bottom of the roster part of it. But I definitely like where they're positioned and they're, they're in a good spot where they'll probably be able to continue to add or make trades as the year goes on to kind of keep headed in that direction and keep loading up for possibly making another run. Um, but yeah, it is. I think as
1: long as they have Mira Heiskanen there too, that blue line line, isn't going to be the worst in that it isn't it isn't but but definitely some depth back there will will help them out in the long run uh let's we already did them let's quickly jump i guess let's jump let's jump to edmonton really quickly uh another another move that i liked high upside forward connor brown uh that's a pretty good deal that that's a good fit as well for that team
0: yeah, and, and similar to other people you're seeing bet on themselves, mm-hmm. uh, probably was hoping for a bigger payday there. I think Connor Brown, uh, you know, after his time on the Jets and really kind of becoming a standout from a dumpster fire over there, uh, Connor Brown having the opportunity to, uh, you know, do a short deal, probably end up playing with either McDavid or Drysidal is just going to pump his value through the roof. This is the Tyler Bertuzzi of the Oilers. Yeah, it is. Yeah, (laughs) it
1: is. It really helps that team. Uh, I'm very like, that's going to help for the playoffs as well. I, I mean, yeah, that, again, that's, that to me was one of those, if you're trying to, if you're, if you're looking at the signings and you're saying, what's a perfect fit, that's a perfect fit that's a perfect fit for that team. Oh, yeah. That's that is like the watch out for Edmonton right now. They, 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 they targeted the right person and ooh, they're going to be a wrecking force. Um, it, and especially to see, I, I think the only real
0: uh, consequential RFAs they're going to have is Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. And they, sh- they have some space to get those done. So, I, I'm not, if I'm the Oilers, I'm not too terribly worried about the rest of that. I would be really concerned if they just tinkered with some of the bottom six forwards and ran the whole thing back again. Uh, but like, like we talked about with Dallas, you're significantly upgrading there at the forward spot by adding Connor Brown. So, that is definitely going to be a move that we'd love to see. Yeah. there
1: uh where where do we jump to next do we stick with good good contracts do we go to well, the what the hell like
0: well I, i'll tell you you know who else is in alberta is calgary and that is a team that is falling apart oh, oh i know where
1: you want to go now yeah let's go with that
0: yeah it's it's so so it started going into the off season uh they had a lot of players in their exit interviews kind of said, Hey, if you know Brett Sutter's still here as the coach, uh, we're not going to be hey, John so Gibson. They get, so they get rid of, <laughs> yeah, so so they they get rid of Sutter and they kind of and a lot of their roster just kind of says, Yeah, we're, we still don't want to be here. Uh, we're not
1: signing new contracts, so
0: bye Yeah, uh, Noah Hannafin. Reportedly doesn't really want to sign an extension. Michael Backlund reportedly not wanting to sign an extension. Michael Stone, it was announced, retired. Uh, So he's completely done as far as any of that sort of stuff goes. Uh, Blake Coleman is a glorified third liner. And he is the one, two, three, four, fifth highest paid forward that they have. Elias Lindholm. They have to make up their mind what they want to do with this guy, and uh, Tyler Toffoli. The, the Tyler Toffoli thing kills me. a year ago they traded Tyler Pitlick, uh, Emil Heineman, a first and a fifth to get him. He had he goes on to have a career year, the best best of his entire career in terms of goals, in terms of points. And they trade him for Igor Savagovich and a uh, and a third. Which Igor Savagovich, they talked a lot about really liking him out of New Jersey. He's a good third line option. So, if you are Mackenzie Weger or Jonathan Huberdeau or Nazem Kadri, you may just be kind of looking around saying, "What the heck did
1: I get myself into with this?" Yeah, it's. The Flames are – yeah, The Toffoli is just the tip of the iceberg of being moved out of there. But yeah, Calgary is going to start – I'm, I'm curious what – like who's going to be moved this season? Who's going like – could a guy like Kadri ask for out as well? I know he's got like uh, – I think he's got two years left after this. one, So three years, uh, including this year it was a four year Kadri is signed until 2020. 2029. Oh God, he signed oh a six year deal
0: that's
1: right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Kadri is going to be the um the piece of the you're the first line center while the kids uh, all get called up because yeah, they're starting to load up on the draft picks. They're going to they're going to start moving these guys out. Um The Flames are definitely going to be cuz Again, nothing says that they have to trade these guys, but it's just wild to think that pretty much everybody that has a contract coming up is like, "I just don't want to be here. I'm done. I'm out." Like, and and, and it would be one thing if you know they had these
0: options there, but you know had a lot of cap room to make some other moves. No, they have a million dollars in cap yeah.
1: space. Yeah.
0: So God, the, the uh, I sure hope that whoever put this team together isn't like at the center of the hockey universe or something. Otherwise that would be real bad. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, Milan Lucic no longer there. So there's Yeah, that. that's,
1: that's great. That's wonderful. He went back to Boston, uh, with a not yeah. so subtle, everybody kind of saw that one coming. Uh, but re- actually before we, let's go from the flames to the devils, uh, cause okay. the devils, following tyler yeah let's follow to and and let's get into that let's start trying to i guess division this thing up so let's just kind of crank out the rest of the metro i guess um holy crap did the devils get really good since the last time we spoke so so they were already in a
0: pretty good position uh they handed out a contract to timu meyer probably a yeah years i'm not i'm not totally
1: not thrilled on it
0: yeah 8.8 8. 8 for a 26 year old is
1: could it's be worse the worst. yeah
0: be i've seen lately
1: uh but <laughs> like another metro team but, that we'll yeah. talk about soon <laughs>
0: yeah and, and so then they go out and they add tyler toffoli to that as yeah. well the that is best
1: right winger yeah.
0: yeah your top six there to for, for the sake of reminding everyone, He's Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Jess, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, Andre Palat, Tyler Toffoli. Holy crap. Uh, oh, yeah. And Dawson Mercer's around, by yeah. the way. And uh, you'll also have the opportunity to work to Eric Hula into that as well. Yeah. If they can figure out goaltending, and, and I'm not ruling out the fact that uh, Akira Schmid might be the solution there but if they can figure out goaltending uh, that this is a team that is going to be expected to be top of that division for quite some. Yeah.
1: Time. They, they pretty much put the stake in the ground of, we were not satisfied with just getting by the Rangers last year and then getting bound so quickly. We want to take this division from Carolina. We want to put our claim in it. And you're right. Like, Honestly, if the Devils are to do anything else, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try and make a move on Hellebuck or Gibson or some type of goalie. But the issue for them comes down to at that point, uh, I'm pretty sure it comes down to their cap space with guys like Hellebuck, where I don't think they can afford like 7 million for guys like that. Uh, Or it puts them too much like, you or like they could, but it's just kind of that they'll be operating kind of like the Rangers and other teams.
0: Yeah, th- there's there there's something to be said there about Akira Schmidt is only Schmidt is only 23 years old, so roll him out, see how he's going to continue to develop. Uh, they did get rid of Mackenzie Blackwood, I think that was a smart move on their part to kind of move on past mm-hmm. that, uh, but. Uh, Alexander Holtz was their other one uh, departure there. So as long as they're going to have the opportunity, especially with Dawson Mercer still on his ELC and Luke Hughes is on his ELC for the next two years. So they're going to have an opportunity to really put something together there. And I think that that, that entire conference might be theirs to lose because between them and Carolina, and maybe Toronto. I think that's it for the East.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right, uh, Devils got really good. They're chasing Carolina, and Carolina went out, and they decided to add Michael Bunting. Uh, excellent value for the Hurricanes. That contract is is first class, uh, nice fit for them. Also added Dmitry Yarlov, which, okay, I guess...
0: A lot of money, short yeah, term. Yeah,
1: that's, that's a lot of, you said that the money thing has me like, hmm. Uh, but also, uh, Ranta and Anderson are sticking around as well. So, Carolina, I, I like what they did as well.
0: And don't forget, they're reacquiring Tony D'Angelo. Uh,
1: eventually, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so this is another rumored destination for Eric Carlson. And I just don't, I don't see it especially after getting orlov like like they're still talking about it like it's possible but i'm almost just over here like guys it's there's only one puck you know you can only have Mm -hmm. so many uh people quarterbacking the power play and uh it, it burns and carlson together just was a disaster in san jose so I, I the Michael Bunting move didn't surprise me all that much in the sense that it makes a lot of sense he'd be willing to go somewhere where he has a really good chance to win, and in addition to that, just the idea that they probably did not like the way they got pushed around by Florida, and I I think it would be very easy for me to imagine a scenario where uh, where they felt like they just got pushed around too much and needed to add some grit. Uh, all of that being said, if they just took this team and said, "Yeah, we're gonna run this back with a healthy Andre Svechnikov," which, by the way, we made it to the conference finals without. Uh, oh boy, that's concerning.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't know. Good. I I just think that I think that the Hurricanes are. I I, I really do like the bunting move, but. We'll see what happens there. Uh, it's it's their division to lose, but man, did the Devils! Uh, I've I already said it. The Devils really put their stake into the into try to claim that that from them. And listen, at the this past year, the Devils were only one point behind Carolina. So
0: yeah, for pretty much like the entire year. yeah, um, and there is one other wrinkle to this that I think is going to really make it difficult for Carolina. And they and and this could be something that they get sorted out before the start of the year, but they're not going to have an AHL affiliate this year. That's right. And and I, I thought it was very curious to watch what they did with goaltending, because Peter Kachekov is 24 years old. Uh, Frederick Anderson's 33. Ante Rantz is 34. Uh, so Kachekov came in, played really well, especially while people were injured. Uh, kind of goes back to the minors after that, uh, but they just kind of decided they were bringing both goalies, or, or excuse me, they signed all three goalies to deals. And so I'm just kind of scratching my head here, saying, where are you expecting a Kachekov to play? So they are either a potentially carrying three goalies out out the throughout the year which is kind of fighting with a arm tied behind your back yeah or or they have something set up to where he's going to be able to you know go play a couple games kind of stay fresh while he's you know hanging around the team and stuff like that but i i think that is just that is an additional complication there that uh certainly helps the devils
1: it does It it definitely does uh all right, just we're running down the way that the division uh, panned out this past year uh, from the Metro. Let's talk the New York Rangers, who had a very interesting July 1st for sure. They're a team that, very handcuffed cap-wise, they've got two big restricted free agents in Alexei Lafreniere and Keandre Miller, two guys that, GM Chris Drury has adamantly said are a part of the plans. Uh there was I, I know there was something that popped out there right before the draft of Drury is quietly shopping Lafreniere. And then he his first press conference post that rumor like seven hours later. He he started it off with the let me make it clear, that was never happening. Uh which, you know which maybe you're just seeing what it's it yeah, like. I don't it, know. It, you know. Exactly. It, it's I will take that at a 50/50, you know. I could buy it was just being drummed up online from some reporter of like you know, somebody called and like asked him if Lafreniere was available and he said no and somebody was like, "Oh, he fielded a Lafreniere call." You know, Could me one of those things. Or yeah. he really was like softly like Oh, well, what would you give me for Lafreniere trying to like maybe move up or something like that, or, or get something out of it, like just feelers of, what it, what what's it out there? Um. But the Rangers went out and they proceeded to sign Blake Wheeler for eight hundred thousand dollars. Uh, he's got about four hundred. Just an absurd contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets bought out from Winnipeg, and here's the thing. All right. Uh, I know the thing we, you, you and I kind of joked it a little bit on uh, July 1st because Jonathan Quick was the first announcement. He got like an $800,000 and a $50,000 contract, incentive laden, you know, meet these criteria and you'll make 1.25 or something at the end of the year. But
0: it seems like they're not genuinely expecting him to play. Uh,
1: I figure, if anything, he has to at least play 20 games because the Rangers have. Uh, I think I saw they have 10 back-to-backs this year. So you got to yeah, figure so- t- he'll start 10 of those back-to-backs and then at least 10 other games scattered throughout the year or something like that.
0: Yeah, and, and worst-case scenario, if he's hurt, you have Luis Domingue in the minors <laughs> yeah. that you can pull up and something like that. I, I just – I would have liked to see something that would have given Shirkin a little bit more of a platoon, so to speak, just with the tendency that we're seeing towards goaltending right now, where you're seeing a whole lot more of just goalies playing, you know, 40 or 50 games rather than 60 or 70. And the ones that are doing the 60 to 70 are just exhausted by the time the playoffs are all around. So I don't know. Yeah, it could, could work.
1: It could work. It could work. I don't know what I thought. The 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 quick, uh, the quick yeah, signing no, is whatever, but the Wheeler was. signing is really where the Rangers, and then a lot of the other little signings as well. Really, really, Nick uh, Benino and uh, Eric Gustafsson were two really good signings, and so was Pitlick. Yeah, th- there's been. They're they're
0: just scooping up older guys. They're scooping up older guys, guys, but they're scooping
1: up bottom six guys, which is kind of really what they needed. They needed – so the issue the Rangers had, again, like with that cap space, is that they can't really sign any of these guys that want like 5.5 or 6 million a year and then be able to re-sign Miller and Lafreniere. So they had to be able to fill the void of Tarasenko and Kane not being in the top six right wing. Because their right wingers coming into the season without signing anybody would have been Capo, Kako and and Barkley Goudreau. That would have been their top two yeah. right wingers. So now you got Wheeler and Kako. That's pretty good top six right there for right wing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I, like, I don't know. Now, but I'll, I'll let you go. Now, now the the big thing that a lot
0: of the conversation has revolved around a lot is they need more from Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah, which you probably heard more than you care to at this point what i'm curious about is, is that everyone's talking about potential you know law for breakout year they get, if they get more from out of law year they can be a cup contender sort of thing why are we not having that same conversation about capo caco because to my understanding he hasn't exactly lit it up here lately either
1: uh i think it's because what the hype was around it because uh I devil fans kind of drive me nuts with that draft class where they act like Jack Hughes and Capo Caco were on the same page and like the same level. And it's like, no, that year, everybody knew Jack Hughes was number one. And everybody yeah. just was like, and then there's a massive drop off. And the next best player is Capo Kako, like, and then it's kind of, you know, like that was the consensus is it's Jack Hughes. And then there's a massive drop off to the next even considerable potential best player, which is Kako. So Kako to me definitely needs to show more, but I think has last year showed a much better tendency of he, it was one of those uh, years where he was a little snake bitten of the guy just can't catch a break on getting the points, but he's doing everything right. He's getting into the corner. He's playing the physical game. He's getting into the dirty areas But for whatever reason, the puck just will not find the back of the net for him. So I think Kako's progressed fine. I think Lafreniere has had the bigger hype around him of this is, you know, this is as as a lot of players are. This is a guy that could be like a Crosby type player for a team. He could be a game changer. And then you see those flashes uh, and then you don't see anything for like a week. And it's like, what's going on here. But again, I will argue, I will also point out, uh, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about this, but Alexei Lafreniere, also I'm giving a pass to because he did lose about a year and a half of development due to COVID. Uh, not that he had it, but there was no hockey for for him. He had no hockey to play for like a year and a half and then got just thrown into the NHL. Yeah.
0: And, and, and so, yeah, with, with that, I thought it was worth noticing the difference between the two of them. Uh, I just looked at Kako's shooting percentage and I, I genuinely don't know what to expect out of him next
1: Yeah, year. I don't either. Cause his, his
0: last, last year he had 40 points. Uh, his previous seasons, his shooting percentage bounced between nine and eleven percent. Last year, it was fourteen point four, which which seems high for his career and high for like average NHL skaters as it is. So I would almost expect that to come back down. But at the same time, last year was the first time that he played a full season. Yeah,
1: full season and, and all top those six minutes.
0: Years, it was he got yeah, power all play those time as years.
1: well. Like he got everything he was never getting.
0: Yeah, so I don't know that fourteen yeah, a fourteen percent shooting percentage is high, but g- given the number of extenuating circumstances, he might be that guy. I don't know. It could be wishful yeah, thinking yeah.
1: on my part. Uh, there was uh, I don't know how much to believe this, but I guess maybe since we uh, just talked Carolina a moment ago and the Rangers now uh should we talk to tarasenko news that broke yeah
0: this is
1: this is juicy. this is this is very interesting because of everything i've seen post this happening so Terrasenko, uh i guess going into like fourth of july it seemed as if tarasenko was going to accept the deal with the hurricanes nobody knew any details about the deal it was just seems like tarasenko to the canes is gonna happen uh Then today, it seemed like Tarasenko to the Canes was going to happen, and reporters were all over the place. Some were saying that the league is aware there's a deal in place. Others were saying he's still mulling things over. And then we find out Tarasenko fired his agent and hired uh, a new firm to represent him, and we are back at the starting point of no deal that he was offered – is on the table anymore and now they are all starting from scratch. But then there were the little things of like Larry Brooks from the New York post reporting that the deal would have been for like $5 million, like two years or something like that with the hurricanes, but more or less proceeded to point out that apparently Tarasenko made it clear. He wanted to come back to the Rangers. And now there are rumors that I don't, again, I don't know how serious it is. But now there's the spark of there's a chance Tarasenko might sign a low end one year deal with the Rangers because he wants to come back. I don't know how much faith I'm putting in that because I essentially wrote Tarasenko off with where the Rangers cap space was. But everybody's out there yeah. doing the math of what would need to happen, what could happen and how it could be happen. All because of what Brooks said with Tarasenko apparently made it, made a suggestion to his agent that he wanted to come back to the Rangers.
0: I would not buy out my captain to bring back Vladimir Tarasenko.
1: That's just me. That's just uh, me. funny. I you mean, bring I'm that player. up because yes, the the Rangers did have uh, somebody uh, file for arbitration, which means they, there's a second window for buyouts, but this window is you have to make 4 million or more. So Barkley Goudreau could not be bought out and he's got the, what the hell contract is that it's got to move like 3.25 or something like that for like four more years. And they've been struggling to move him because they've been actively, and he's got a modified no move clause, which makes it worse. So they've been actively trying to move him, but can't find somebody to play ball. So yeah, people started throwing out the Jacob Truba. And I'm with you as much as I hate Truba's contract and I've hated it since they gave it to him because there is no way he should be making $8 million a year. Uh, he's like a $6.5 million a year guy and really got overpaid. And that is hurting them. But how the hell do you announce somebody to be your captain and then one year later you buy him out because you want to re-sign Tarasenko for one year? Like, they'd be fine on the blue line. But... Time. What was it?
0: Yeah, it, the, the, let, let's be realistic. The only reason they're able to get Blake Wheeler to a deal is a uh, he did specifically report that travel played a lot into his decision, and b the fact that he was willing to do it for eight hundred thousand. If he won nine twenty five, the Rangers might have said, "Sorry, we can't." Yeah. So, so if if they're realistically going to get someone like Tarasenko, they need to be able to be willing to walk away from Lafreniere or Keandre Miller.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I would not walk away from Keandre Miller and I've, I've gone on the record a lot. I would not want to walk away from Lafreniere, but I am getting to a point of, okay, if you could find a way to, if you can't move Barkley Goudreau and you're stuck with that, albatross of a contract for a bottom six guy making three million dollars or more which is going to lead into the next conversation here in a minute um then then you might want to look into packaging lafreniere because he's probably going to be about 2.3 for his contract so if you're willing to take that 2.3 and put it into somebody like Tarasenko and sure that up and run with like, but I don't know, like it's, I don't know. I, in my head, I just don't think it's plausible. I think it's dumb to move on from Lafreniere, but if you are going to package him for something, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a sure thing. You can't, you can't end up in the Ryan McDonough, JT Miller situation again. You can't get taken by Steve Iserman in that trade and end up with like a guy that you I could mean, have claimed off of waivers today and Philip Zadina. Um, <laughs> so, so, so I think it's getting kind of obvious. We're going to have to stretch this
0: summary into a second episode next week.
1: Uh, you- or, or, or I was going to say we could just start running through some of the really like just what we think are some of the big things to talk about. Like um, I have a list here of. One, two, three, four, five. Just five more names that we can kind of do quick reactions to if you want to. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sabres, Connor Clifton. Do you like it or not? Good. That's a good deal. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like the Eric Johnson signing more than that. But definitely definitely a, a really good opportunity for both the team and the player there. And they also signed Dustin Tukarski,
1: and I was very surprised to find out Dustin Tokarski still playing. <laughs> um, all right, Senators, risky move. Jonas Korprisalo uh, gets five years. I do not okay. like that contract. What's going I, on, <laughs> I don't like the contract. I don't dislike the fit.
0: I. They, Pierre Dorian was talking about him, and he specifically mentioned he's played in the playoffs. He won a series. Yeah, that's a ringing endorsement that he's won one series. He's just scratching the surface of what he can be, sir. He's twenty yeah, nine. Yeah, no. Like, what are we talking about here? This is not. You gave five years to a below-average NHL goaltender because he played halfway decent for three months. Yeah,
1: but he beat the uh, Lightning in the postseason. <laughs>
0: The one yeah, time, yeah. Well, and it, no, it's the it, one no, time Rossi. Columbus
1: has ever won a play. <laughs> um, Max Pacioretty uh, Capitals gamble on him uh, for free. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's not the worst contract ever, and you know if, but for me, it's. Uh, you said it earlier. Oh crap! I forgot who we were talking about. Uh, health is the thing with the two ACL uh, tears last year or, or Achilles tears. Yeah, just wonder it, what you're getting.
0: Yeah, and, and at this point, especially if you're not giving up anything for him, it's not a tremendous risk. Uh, that they, They've they been talking about potentially making a move, especially to get Kuznetsov out of town for something. Uh, and apparently they've been trying to do that for a couple years now. And when Kuznetsov was asked about it, he did not make much of an effort to deny it. Uh, so I think if you're bringing in patch already, that kind of helps soften that blow a little bit, but I just, I don't see this team making a ton of moves that are going to significantly improve it. Uh, but I also just don't see a whole lot that you can do with the team as it is now. And, and, and realistically it, it, if we're keeping level heads about this, uh, that their everything is just going to revolve around
1: Ovechkin. Oh, of course. I, I mean, we've said it over and over. They pretty much just are a team that's trying to pad Ovechkin's offensive numbers. Uh, but I do like the move for the Capitals. It could, uh, it's a good gamble for them. Uh, they, you know, they're a team that could still compete for one of those pl- final playoff spots and that's a move that could help them. Uh, all right. So in order here, we'll go coyotes your wings and then we'll wrap up with the Islanders, Coyotes wise, Jason Zucker. Uh I like that deal for Arizona. Uh I like a lot of the moves. Like, yeah, they they did some pretty good things considering they're they're really struggling out there.
0: Yeah, the an effort is being made to improve yeah. it. No one will deny that. And, and especially for a team that had as many draft picks at in the first or in this last draft as they did players signed to contracts, uh you were expecting them to go out and add a lot. And and they weren't, you know, they're they're not out, out there adding people just for the sake of adding people. I feel like there's some thought that went mm-hmm. into this with uh with Jason Zucker, with Alexander Kerfoot, with a lot with Nick Buke that there's an effort is being made. I don't know if it'll be tremendously better than they were last year, but an effort is being.
1: And that's all you can really ask for. And, uh, you know, I hope that they, uh, that that team ends up playing as good as, as on paper, they look like they should be a lot better. Um, Your Red Wings, they did two things that I really like. Uh, Jake, JT Comfer, of course, uh, the big move that they made, he can, Punch in as your two C or your three C, but a move that I really like as well that I think is gonna help the needle at the five on five uh situation for offense because the wings were finished 24th in goals per game last year. Uh Daniel Sprung. They sure did Daniel Sprung as well, two million on a one-year deal. Uh flawed defensively, but Love the, the, the the Daniel Sprung deal was the one where I'm like, why is there not more
0: term to this? This is bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think the one yeah, year. I, I think the one year term is is good for the Red Wings because yeah, you can you can
0: fluff mm-hmm. him at the deadline if you need to. You can extend him if he fits in really well. Low risk move, love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, remember last year when the Red Wings went out and got a center that played with Dylan Larkin at the University of Michigan in Andrew Copp and got a big physical, nasty defenseman in Ben Sherratt? Well, this year they went out and they got a center that played with Dylan Larkin at the University of Michigan and JT Comfort and got big, nasty physical defense in Justin Hall.
1: Seems like Eiserman uh, has a type. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just I'm not optimistic
0: because on paper last year, you, you were a lot more optimistic because you had Tyler Bertuzzi and you had Jacob Verana, yeah. and you were expecting probably 50 goals between the two of them and now you don't have that so this red wings team may have somehow gotten worse yeah
1: (laughs) well best of luck to you all this year it is wild that the red wings have all the cap space and really just didn't do a lot to improve because you thought i really thought this was going to be the off season where they were going to take the swings on guys and i like 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 again i like the two moves that they made but i find it interesting because you Signed a guy who didn't want to stay in Colorado and be a 3C, but is probably going to be a 3C for you.
0: Well, I mean, he has the potential to be the 2C over Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp just had had a horrible year coming off of that abdominal surgery last year. So could be either or there, frankly. And, um, but yeah, there's just, there's no game breaking talent on this squad. There's no top elite forward if Dylan Larkin's your best player you're in trouble mm. I think now they execute that trade for Alex to totally different yeah story.
1: which has not happened but probably will be what we discuss next week because it seems like that's gonna but, happen uh but
0: the other team yeah in on Debrinket, Well,
1: New York Island and yeah we're gonna wrap up with them because they definitely are the most intriguing to finish on right now uh so they gave extensions to four players and they gave length to four players we'll start with the best part of this Ilya sorokin eight years 8.25 million uh listen that's a great deal that's solid deal i have no i ups. yeah that's way to go lou you you nailed that one now let's talk pierre ingvall three million, seven years lou what the f-
0: How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like, you don't need to pay that much for depth pieces. Yeah, like... They're they're so much more interchangeable. It would make so much more sense to keep the salary low on a guy like that, or just swap him out of town and sign someone else that you don't have to give a freaking... 16 team no trade clause too.
1: Yeah, I left that part out as well. The uh modified no trade clause is absolutely absurd for like I get it. He was underappreciated in Toronto. He found a spot on the Islanders after the trade. He did a he did a fairly good job, but you're right. The issue with this deal uh I don't care that he's 27. It's the fact that there's this type of player on every other team that is making at least half of what he is now making for the next seven years i don't care if the cap that's is going up he is making three million dollars over the next seven years that is not the contract to give out and but that's the contract that lou loves and that's also why he gave scott mayfield 3.5 million over seven years now you could do a lot worse here with mayfield in 3.5 million but he's 30 and he just got a seven-year deal this is going to look yeah, bad in year three is- Oh yeah, that that's yeah, much
0: like the Casey see Castile or Matt Martin or Cal Clutterbuck or all these Page- people that Lou Page- can't resist signing. Yeah,
1: well, Pachos was,
0: was good at the time. But should he have gotten that <laughs>
1: length at that price?
0: <laughs> uh, he, he's only thirty. He's only got three years left. He's, yeah. I've seen a lot worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's but, true. I mean, yeah, I guess he is making less than some third line centers now. Now,
0: now, now. What is your preferred analogy of place that you cannot leave? Do you prefer Gilligan's Island or do you prefer Hotel California? Uh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, because that's essentially what the Islanders are yeah. at this point—the New York Gilligan's Islanders. <laughs> uh, the yeah, the one person that had to leave was Josh Bailey, and they traded him to Chicago along with a pick, and Chicago bought him out. So. What what are we doing here, guys? I I I, maybe a full season of Bo Horvat together with Matthew Barzal's ends up being different, but other than that, it's
1: it's just it's so none of these. And also, uh, I got to mention Semyon Burlamov got a four-year extension at two point seven five. Here's the thing: the goalies. I have no issue with these deals. Sorokin is hands down a Vesna candidate, one of the best goalies in the world. You were gonna to have to lock him up at about $8 million. Yeah, you obviously you don't want to go eight years on a goalie, but when you have a world-class goalie, you go eight years on that goalie and you know that six of them are gonna be good. Uh well, and why why
0: pray tell is Varlamov signed for four years? Uh
1: that one I find He's amazing. my age. Uh, okay, yes. And I get that, but I have no issue with that one because you just, what you were bringing up with the Rangers, you want to have a sure thing backup, not a Jonathan Quick back there. Well, they locked up a pretty decent backup, a guy that gets along with Sorokin. Like, they have a good, they're a good tandem. They're a good, you know, that's a great 1A and a good, you know, number two backup.
0: Yeah, and, and I felt like Varlamov could have gone out and gotten a starting
1: he somewhere. He could have. If he could've. really
0: and, God, that term, though, that's going to be... It's
1: the four years at 2.75, but I would... See, here's the thing. That wouldn't bother me as much as it kind of does looking at it if you don't have Pierre Engvall still on the books come year three and year four of Verlamov's contract. If you don't still have Scott Mayfield make a 3.5 in year three and year four of Verlamov's contract. That's again, like, that's what we, like, that's what we talk about when, when people ask us the questions of like with the Islanders and stuff like that. And with these teams, like that's where the Islanders put themselves in that situation of you locked in on Pierre Ingvall for the next seven years. Do you really think Pierre Ingvall is the guy that's going to help you be better next year in a division where the devils got better and the hurricanes got better? Uh, you know, I, I could see the Rangers taking a step back, but everybody, everybody's trying to get better. And you're banking on Pierre Ingvall for the next seven years when everybody else is like, hey, we're going to sign this guy for one year or two years. Like, And, and the ones that and, did sign long contracts, Barclay Goudreau, look at the Rangers situation where they're in the third year of that deal now and they can't find anybody to take him on his modified no-trade clause. And, and they're
0: right up against the cap mm-hmm. and and they have Oliver Wallstrom as a <laughs> RFA. Yep.
1: So you're, you're in a very... You're in a very loose situation here. Um, when is lose
0: deal up? I feel like that's what we need to. Doesn't know. he have
1: another year or he, something? He
0: was supposed to be done. He was supposed to be done after this year.
1: Oh God, I don't know. I thought he had another. I thought he had another year.
0: Yeah the, the the speculation was that this was the end of his contract, and he got really pissy with someone that asked about it, uh, and. God, he's 80 years old.
1: (laughs) So um, he should be president of the United States is what you're saying. Uh, You know, if it got him
0: off of the team, I don't think. I think Islander fans uh, would. Islander fans would.
1: I know that they were very uh, vocal very quickly into free agency of Lou not signing anybody. But uh, Lou could make things right if he finds a way to pull off the Brinkett trade, but I just don't think that's, I don't see it happening because they're now tied into players like Pierre Ingvall for the next seven years at $3 million. So
0: Oliver Wallstrom, hope you enjoy college arenas because you are probably getting sent there to Arizona.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, And was it, God, if the Islanders have to trade him, I know he hasn't really panned out the way that, uh, they had hoped, but still, does it become another, um, Oh, why am I, uh, blanking on the name right now? You know, exactly who I'm thinking. I need you to finish it for me back when we did the show 10 years ago. For what? For the Islanders, um, messing up, uh, a prospect. Oh, Nina, Nino, Nina Nino, Nino, Ryder. Thank you. I, I was like, I need you, man. I'm, I'm having one of them brain farts. <laughs> We've been recording for way too long. Uh, all right. So yeah, that's, that's it on my list. That's all I got on like the big trades that were left. Was there anything I missed that you want to hit?
0: I mean, there, there probably is, but we, we can talk about it next right. week. If, if we uh, didn't live episode next week, live. Live show,
1: live show, take break from the wedding, record the podcast. Oh my God. Who says no? Well, oh God, you're talking about next Saturday. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, All right. Before we get out of here, John, hit him with the plugs.
0: Uh, I am still on Twitter at JT Evans, the number zero. Uh, while we were recording, everyone and their mother joined threads So maybe we'll check that out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got
1: to see. I think my threads... uh, Did it download yet? I think it downloaded. Yes, it downloaded. I'm on threads now. So yeah, you can find me then uh, on threads, Nick Wonderful, or still on Twitter, at Wonderful underscore radio. So yeah, there you go. You need to get an Instagram account for threads. It's it's Meta's uh, Twitter. So this is just well, leading up to Zuckerberg and uh, Musk's cage fight in the Colosseum in Rome. Very normal thing to yeah. happen. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya.
0: The May, from me home I started, left the girls, a tomb was nearly broken, hunted, saluted father, dear, and kissed me, darling mother, drink a pint of beer, and tears and grief to smother enough to reap the corn, leave where I was born, cut to stop the corn, of banished ghosts and goblins, brand new pair of brogues, rattling all the bugs, frightening all the dogs, on the rocky road, to and one, two, three, four, five, hug ha! the hair a turner, down the rocky road, all the way to Dublin, whack for all the dogs.
1: night, I rested limb so we restarted by daylight this morning. Bright and early
0: took the drop and a pure to keep me heart from sinking. That's the paddy's cure whenever he's on for drinking. I see the lassie small lap, and all the while. Be curious, darling. Set your heart a bubble and
1: ask me was I hired? Wages I required till I was sick and tired up the rocky road to double and one to three for five. Off the hair, a turner down the rocky road, all the way to double and whack for all they know.